Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, welcome to our Family Culture Made Simple series at Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Hi, Suzanne. Hey. How's it going? (laughs) Lovely. How's your culture? How's how's your personal culture? Um, You know, so often we've been talking about culture for a long time this year. And, um, you know, a lot of times people don't understand culture and uh, Macy when I were talking about it the other day, we were talking about how cultures, learning culture, learning how to build the culture in your home is kind of like learning a language. Now, a lot of times we don't learn other languages, but we, if you have or you ever took Spanish or whatever, you know that you start out with just being very simple. And over time, you learn. Just learn the vocabulary. Yeah, then you, you add in some verbs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Then exactly. you can conjugate if it's Spanish. Yeah, learn how to say, I need to go to the bathroom mm, or. Baño. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what we're talking about here. And really, you know, so many times people don't, they don't learn really how to speak the language. And so they never know how to speak Spanish when they get out of two years of Spanish. Right. Because they've never really learned They've never really immersed themselves in it so that they can um, learn how to speak the language. Immerse themselves in the culture. Because the culture is where the language is spoken. Yeah, Yeah. and so that's what we want you to do is, and one is, there was two things, I was talking to a group today about it, and there's two things I told them. One is, is that realize that building culture and immersing yourselves in the culture takes time because you're changing you're changing people at their core. You're changing yourself at your core. You're changing your um, kids at the core. Give yourself some time, but also we're going to give you very practical tools. So not only is culture deep, but it's also very practical. So today you're going to get two very practical tools as we introduce the discipline drivers. Exactly. And so we've got, we've got all the, the four pillars of culture and we're, we're specifically focusing in on relational discipline. And so then within that culture pillar of relational discipline, it sounds like there's a lot of numbers and stuff there, yeah. doesn't it? We, we have seven discipline drivers. So let's just introduce those. But then, like you said, just yeah. talk about the first two. And remember, the goal of discipline is self-control. The goal of discipline is you want your kids to get it on their own. You don't want to keep controlling them. So all these discipline drivers are about how you release things. Mm -hmm. It's about how you train. It's how you disciple them so that they are going to do the right thing on their own. And the sooner that happens, the better. Yeah. And so, and I just, we go back, I love that we call it relational discipline, or I would even sometimes even say relational discipleship, because we are relating to them. We're relating to our children. We're connecting to them with the, with the, the heart behind that being, we want to disciple them. We want them to be self-disciplined. Yeah. I mean, as an example, before we go into the seven discipline drivers, think about grades, if you have to always be on your kid to make their grades and to turn their homework in and do their assignments all the way from sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade up to 12th grade, how exhausting is that? Versus if you train your child to do their assignments on their own and they, are, they have self-control mm-hmm. and they actually do them, 
They still make good grades, but how much easier is it? How much easier is parenting if they are if they are trained to have self-control rather than you hovering over them all the time? That's just a one example of a thousand we can give you about how self-control is better than parent control. Yeah, I mean, and just to, just to add to that example really quickly, if you do the thinking for your child and you're pushing them constantly, then they won't think about doing that home. They won't do that. They won't take the responsibility of it. They want the responsibility. And so as parents, we get to give them, we should give them the responsibility. And these seven are all practical, but they all are around a common theme of that, of helping your child towards self-control. And they're geared toward you, parent. That This is who we're talking to. So when the first one is think before you act, we are actually talking to you, the parent. Think before you act. Yeah, I've told my kids that before. Hey, just think before you act, okay? But we're talking to you. I mean, you can tell your children that, but we're talking to you. So think before you act. The other one we're going to cover today is to ask forgiveness. Oh, what a great... What a wonderful thing God tells us to do. We'll talk about that. Yep. And then act like the parent, not the child. Oh, that's funny. But um, See things through the eyes of your child. And then as parents, um, huge benefit if we will consider the natural consequences and we will incorporate those. Yep. Life, life is in the why, the why behind things. And then finally, let them make mistakes. So Let your children make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, you're going to make mistakes, but let no, your let, children make let mistakes. Let yourself make mistakes too, for that matter, but we're not talking about that today. <laughs> that would be in another podcast. Um, okay, so which one's your favorite, Don? Of the seven drivers, which one? Um, you know, I've probably seen more um, success in asking forgiveness. I just think that's a superpower that is um, very helpful in... Uh, breaking down the relationships because many times you're the next question you're going to ask me is which is the hardest one and sometimes my hardest one is to see things through the eyes of the child because I just don't see life that way sometimes I, I don't I'm not very uh, sensitive in many ways to be able to pick up on things um, and so what would you say yours are yeah I would say mine too mine are connected as well mine is definitely life is in the why I mean, I, I constantly want, I'm a teacher at heart. And so I want to tell, teach the children what's going on behind it. When the one-year-old is opening up all the cabinets, I want to open up all the cabinets and show them this is where the, you know, the dishwasher soap is, this is where this is. And so the why behind it, but it connects with the one that it's hardest for me is let them make mistakes because I've, I'm telling you the why I'm showing you the why, <laughs> you know, you should have all the answers now. And so it's almost like I'm protecting them from making mistakes. And we all know that from mistakes we learn. So it's good to let our kids make mistakes. Okay. It's almost like you want to tell them to think before they act. Exactly. <laughs> you have all the information, think before you act. And so, but that's not, remember, we're not talking to the kids. We're talking to you and our first discipline driver, which is to think before you act. And, and another way we say this is we say, get past your first response and get to your best response. Yes. And if you can, if your best response can be your first response, it will be, it will dramatically change the way you parent your children and the way you connect with them and the effectiveness of your discipline. Yeah. And so I'm simply even say, um, don't react, respond, because you're, if you, if you will think then you're going to respond if you're going to think before you do it. And so 
Proverbs yeah. 29, 11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise can bring calm in the end. And that's what we are called to do as parents. We are called to bring calm. A lot of the times our children are the ones that are in the, the full rage. And so we, we need to, as the adult, as the parent, we need to remember that we are the ones that can be a calming agent in any situation. But a lot of the times as parents, we're the ones that are raging. We're the ones yeah. that are mad because the child has pushed our buttons or done something, made a mess or, or hurt something, their sibling. And so all of a sudden we go straight to the, the rage. <laughs> Had a dad tell me the other day, he was, he said my, I don't know, four or five year old kid. I don't know how, I know he was young. The kid was young. The dad was young too for that matter. <laughs> what I mean. But he said, uh, you know, my child just looks at me and says, I'm not going to do that. You know, like we were talking about, or, you know, he will directly defy me kind of calmly. And, and it's like, oh, and, and the dad was just saying, oh my goodness, it just makes my blood boil. I'm like, right. look, I'm 30, you're four. I'm, I, you don't get to win this battle. And, and he said, but I, I said, what do you do about it? And he said, I'm learning for, you know, he's in one of our groups. And I just, he just said, I'm, I'm learning how to give him the consequences to think through, okay, this, how do I make this not a battle? Right. And, and, and how do I make this to where, because I can win the battle, but it just seems like the dad was telling me, he says, it seems like the more I win the battle, the more it repeats itself Mm. instead, you know, so I'm starting to, and he's, and, and give him choices of, Hey, okay. If you're going to say that, then we're just going to put the game away. And we can't play it anymore. Well, I want to play the game. Okay. If you want to play the game, you're going to have to share with your sister or right. whatever that is. Well, I don't want to share with my sister. That's kind of the, the yeah. talk that's going on. I don't want to share with my sister. I want to play the game without sharing with my sister. Okay. That's not a, that's, not, that's not an option here, you know, because we love our sister and we're going to, things like that. And, but yet what, what the dad wants to do, what the dad does a lot is he just goes off and says, you know, What's the matter with you? You know, right. like, what Stop are you it. doing? Stop doing yes. that. And, Don't act and, that way. Yes. And, and, or, you know, if you won't play the game, I will discipline you and we will get, you know, and, um, and so those are the, some of the things we, we think about when we talk about um, thinking before you act. What, are, what do you want the outcome of the situation to be short term and long term, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Just to think about that. I know that it, moms, you know, especially us moms that are home all day with our kids, or even if we've worked all day and we come home and we're exhausted and our kids are being their, you know, selfish, sinful, fleshy selves, if you will. It's so hard not to match that with our own flesh. And it's so hard not to come in and just want to just take over the situation. The, the thing that I think about when I, if I go back and think about when I was a young mom with small kids, the thing that drove me crazy is when they would make a mess. And because it's like I was tired and I didn't have the energy and I didn't want to clean up that mess. And so I would go off on them. And they weren't going to help very much. And they weren't, they're not very helpful. Mm -hmm. Reality is they spill whatever all over the floor and they're not going to clean it up very good. You can empower and equip them. You can give them the, you know, the squirt stuff and the, and the paper towel. But reality is you're going to, I'm going to have to step in and clean the mess up. And I just remember it constantly going through and reacting instead of responding and um, not thinking at all. And I, rem I remember getting great um, 
winning the situation when I would think before, okay, they're small children, they make messes, messes are okay. And then even pre-planning it. Okay, tonight we're going to eat spaghetti on the back porch because spaghetti's a nightmare. <laughs> or or yeah. we're going to paint, you know, and so they want to paint, they love to paint. Where are we going to paint that? I don't care if it's a giant mess or just thinking, pre-thinking the situation so that when the mess did happen, then I wasn't mad about it because I had a plan in place. So think about it like this, parents. Okay, you, what are the situations that push your buttons? Yeah. And we we have, everybody has different Pre-think. ones. I mean, they're <laughs> maybe common, but they're different ones. Like hers was making a mess. And what she did was, I really feel like there's two things that she did that was, one, she values the relationship and sees the 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 um, detriment of reaction. So often reaction is is not our best response. It's usually anger. I mean, reality is, that's what it is. So often we talk down to our kids, we belittle them, um, we're just not our best selves. And so um, one is to see the power of that and to see the the damage that our, our, our second response, our, you know, our, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our, uh, irrational response, if you will, does to our children. And so she valued the relationship and also um, really put it before the Lord and said, okay, what is it that's, how can we anticipate this issue and change it to where I'm not going to be upset about? What is the core issue that's making me upset? So that, because listen, I kind of, you know, as a parent, I control the situation a lot of times. I can set that up outside or not. I can set it up in the kitchen. I can set it up outside. I can set it right. up in the bathroom. I could set it up, you know, I could do whatever it is I want to do. Well, and that three-year-old doesn't have that opportunity. Right. You know, they may think they do, but they really don't. And so what are you doing to, one, value the relationship, and two, set yourself up for success? That's thinking through things. That's yeah. that's really you know at really on the next level. You know, sometimes then we're talking about in the situation itself. You know, just I know for me the thought of how my anger damaged my, especially when I was a young parent. I had four girls, and uh, actually five if you count my wife. And so I just remember thinking, learning how much, watching it in their faces, and watching it how much when I reacted, how much it hurt them. And I had no idea because, you know, I didn't come from a culture where um, that they, my parents really were super sensitive about my feelings. So they, you know, it was really, you did what was right. And if you didn't, you got lectured and you got, you know, or yelled at sometimes more my dad than my mom. My mom didn't yell as much. My dad yelled a lot. And, um, you know, that just wasn't something I learned, the damage. that I didn't know what damage it did to me, and I certainly didn't know what that. I, I didn't have. I had an older sister who's seven years older than me, never seen a girl get yelled at and see the impact of that. And I was like, I started to see that. And, and parents, where are you? What, how were you raised? Right. And what do you see? And what do you, you know? But I saw that what I was doing, I watched my girls just kind of cower in fear. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't want that outcome. I don't want the outcome of my everyday life of my girls being that they're scared of me. Yeah. And so what did you do to change that, you know, to go from instead of just bottom lollipops every day? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, but no, I just, um, I, um, realized the, um, I realized the power of my anger and I realized how damaging it was. And so, um, you know, I, 
I just think that was a big deal because I, I would think I would have to think about how am I going to get through this without anger? And, and so you it, pre-thought and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to pre-think situations because you never know when the situation is going to come up. But, but as the situation came up. Of, and you ran the track in your head. Anger. Can't do anger here. Anger is not a good idea. I shouldn't. I mean, not not. Yeah. Productive. And I think just silencing that, um, realizing that what I'm going to get out of anger, the release of it is going to be far, mm-hmm. uh, the, what's going to, the damage I'm doing is far worse than the release I'm getting from it. Then the, you know, I could always control if I wanted to, Hey, yeah. get upstairs and get in your room right now. I'm not going to say this again. You know what I mean? And, and also just realizing that, uh, even the, the looks, the tone, yeah, it was so much of it was um, had to be overcome. Yeah, and so if you were to you know talk to a counselor, or I've even talked to a group of moms as we were brainstorming this, I, I, I discipled a group of moms and we kind of raised our kids together. And one of the um, methods that we came up with is in the middle of the situation, if you can't pre-think it, you can pre-think the mess and you can pre-think bedtime or bath time when you've got issues. But if your child presents a situation to you that you want to freak out about, then just to stop pray for a minute, count to 10, take a deep breath, collect your thoughts, make a plan, and then act. That's the, 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 a, great, a great system, if you will, a great plan to, it, to um, make think before you act happen. So think before you act is a super simple, you just think about it. Okay, I'm going to think before I act. But when the heat of the moment, what's your plan? Stop. Just stop. Just don't say anything. Don't go to the flesh. Don't go to the anger. Count to 10. By all means, invite the Holy Spirit in to help you guide that direction or guide that situation. So Make I wanna, a plan. I, I want to ask you a question that is, um, I hope that a lot of parents are thinking about asking. You know, So you might say, well, okay, I don't have another plan. You know, all I know how to do is to tell them to do it. And if they don't tell them again and, you know, and then get we just keep them, asking. Then they do when they get mad so at them. One of the things we talk about sometimes, and we, it, it's a little bit, people can be on both sides of the fence with this is one of the alternatives we use is incentives, incentives and games. And so Suzanne, talk a little bit about, do you believe in incentives in games and do you believe it, it's effective and maybe even at different ages, you know, it's like, do I pay the kid to mow the lawn, you know, right. all, all the way to, do we play a game to get ready for bath time? You know, so what are your thoughts on, what do you tell parents about using incentives and in games in as alternatives to getting angry, let's say. Yeah. And so I remember when I, I remember when my thought process shifted on this, um, cause as a young mom, my thought was obey all the way, right away in a happy way. That's it. That's what you do. Those are your options. I'm not going to, I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to bribe you. I'm not going to, you know, pay you to do what I'm asking you to do. You're the kid. But I remember that, um, the, I put Michael and Mackenzie were both in speech therapy and so kids number four and five. And so they, when they were in that program, they had said, we, we do incentive, we give them stickers or we let them pick a prize or we let them, um, do something that motivates them because that's the world we live 
live in. People go to school. I mean, people go to, well, they do go to school and their incentive is grades to go to the next grade. But when people grow up, they go to work and they get a, they get a paycheck. That's their incentive. And some jobs that they do really good, they get a bonus. And some jobs, we know people who they win vacations and they win appliances. I mean, and, and cars, there's something, you know, that win cars. And so you have to believe that if the real adult world is tapped into human nature enough to know that we are driven by incentive, then why incentive? Then why would we not as parents use that in our parenting to our advantage? And so, yes, incentive. Now, it doesn't have to be some materialistic something. It could be a game. It could be laughter. It could be, I mean, just, to, okay, the first person that makes it to the bath gets to be, you know, tickled or thrown on the bed after the bath or we're going to wrestle or any kind of interaction. Anything that's positive for a child is incentive. Yeah, and so, so, yes, I'm a believer in it. Well, and so um, even it says, I think it's, uh, I have to look up the verse, but it says, you know, God says, run in such a way as to get the prize. You're right. He says, you know, run, you know, run the race that's marked out for you. And uh, to me, I tell, as I talk to dads a lot, I say, hey, God's, comp- God's version of competition, you know, our version of competition is I win, you lose. I win, other people around me lose. God's version of competition is let's go fight the enemy. Yeah. And let's go win against the enemy. We can all win and let's create situations where winning is is done. And I think, you know, creating incentives, creating games, you know, that um, you know, even God he says that, hey, in heaven, you're going to have, your works are going to be crowns of righteousness, or they're going to burn up. Right. I mean, the whole backdrop of the Old Testament's war, and so, um, and where people get killed, and, and it's like, there is a battle going on, and so the, to the extent we can help our kids be incentivized for the battle ahead, because wouldn't you also agree, parents, think about it this way, obedience is hard, mm-hmm. Okay. In our lives, let's don't talk about our kids for a minute. Let's talk about us. Yeah. Obedience is hard. It's hard to break a habit. It's hard to, you know, I was uh, I, just in the last couple of months, I've been trying to uh, break a certain habit in my life. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is impossible. I just keep falling back into it. I crawl out of the pit and I fall back. Okay. Then if I have incentive, I have much more of a, um, of, of a likelihood to go figure that out and to do things. So um, why won't we apply that to kids? It's, and not everything has to be an incentive, but using incentives as alternatives is a great way to come up with alternatives to parenting. Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay, so let's sum up this one. How do you think about that? Sure. Um, so think before you act. You must get past your first response to get to your best response. And your kids will see the difference when you're doing that. They'll see you not reacting. They'll see you responding. They'll see you stopping and taking a break and not coming at them in all of your flesh and all of your emotion, but you being in control. And And then be grateful that your kids are going to be grateful. You'll be grateful too, just with the peace that's going to create in your home. But your kids are going to be grateful because you're giving them their best response. And I can't help but think that that becomes a mirror image. When you're giving your best response, they're going to start giving their best response. And the, the whole culture changes. That's why it's one of the discipline drivers. Well, I actually believe that as we do that over time, when we have our best response, 
we actually gain more control over the situations. Mm -hmm. We, you know, whoever is our because they trust. Well, and whoever is bringing peace and joy and hope into a room is the person who's going to have the most influence. Mm -hmm. When you are bringing that and not being the heavy-handed person, um, when you're the heavy-handed person and you're not thinking before you're acting, your kids will want to avoid you. Right. When you are that, when you are that presence of your given your best response, you're going to be more in charge of situations than ever before over time. So that's it for that one. Let's go to now. So <laughs> okay, then, so let's just say, so when you don't think before you act, when you mess up, because parents, we will mess up, then the next discipline driver will be for you. Yeah. And asking forgiveness, it, it really is a, a relational superpower. It, it, it gives you this, uh, it's, it's not a get out of jail free card, you know, in that you can't just, you know, oh, I screwed up. And so I'm going to go ask forgiveness every time and everything's restored. Uh, because it does, you know, our actions do have consequences. However, it is a way to, you know, the Bible talks a lot about humility, that Jesus humbled himself, Second Corinthians, I mean, Second Philippians 2 says, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. God tells us to forgive as he forgives us. You know, Proverbs uh, 28, 13 says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Um you know, Ezekiel talks about a new heart and a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so that's what we're talking about. Forgiveness, it tends to do that in relationships. It really just unlocks and uh, the, the power of connection when you, can, when you can ask forgiveness when you've done something that's not your best. Yeah, and you can see when Don was talking about the anger that he had, and you could, I mean, see in the girls when they were smaller and that his anger would flare, their little hearts would become hardened. You know, they would be, they wouldn't want to hang out with dad. They wouldn't want to have fun with him. They wouldn't. And so that's what we're talking about of going after that, going after their heart. And so if you, if you have been harsh or angry with them, then one of the best ways to soften their little heart and get back into their connection with them through um, relationship is asking forgiveness. I'm so sorry I was mad. I'm so sorry I was angry at you. I have, I mean, I can't, there's so many times that I've had to say, I, I'm, I'm so, I feel like it was daily there for a decade or so. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was so frustrated with you guys. I mean, I was just wanted to go to bed and I'm sorry it was wrong. I should not have been angry with you because you're just a little girl and you just wanted to play yeah. so many times. Yeah. I remember uh, one time when Maddox, who's now 19, was probably 13. And, and I, I really, you know, um, over that Maddox is our sixth kid. So I think God had to give me seven to figure life out in so many ways. <laughs> uh, the poor girls at the first, they, they, they survived somehow, but, um, but I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a tendency at this stage of my parenting where I was an angry person. You know, I'd kind of, I'd seen the light on that over decades, uh, you know, a couple of decades. And so, but one time I just really lost it on Maddox and he's a pretty sensitive kid. And so it just, I mean, I, I was so frustrated at him and I just said, look, I'm tired of talking about this. I don't even remember what the issue was now. And isn't that interesting how, you know, we get so angry about things. We can't even remember what the issue was. Um, but, but I remember, um, and he left and we didn't have it reconciled at all. And I just, you know, it was probably 30, 45 minutes later, I walked up into the room and, uh, kind of just had my hat in my hand. And I said, look, I don't get to talk to you that way ever 
You know, and, and that's something I've told my kids a lot. And, and a lot of times in forgiveness, you can go back and, hey, because I tell my kids, you know, you don't get to talk to me like that, and I don't get to talk to you like that. And so, uh, and so that was a standard that I, that, that I had in my life with respect to anger, but I had violated that standard. And so now it's time to ask forgiveness. And I just, and it wasn't about, you know, so often, can we give you, can I give you just a little advice for this? is to don't go in there and go now, you know, it was because you did I this. I mean, just it. go in and say, man, I'm sorry. Even if, you know, even if you were 10, 20% wrong and they were 80 or 90% wrong, you go in and you just say, hey, man, I, I don't have the right to do this. I shouldn't have done this. And it's amazing how it breaks things down. Yeah, and so just a picture like, you know, anger, overreacting, freaking out, basically slams the door to their hearts. But when you go in and ask forgiveness, you're opening the door back up again. It's a, it's asking forgiveness is a gateway into their heart. And so know that, I mean, when we say it is a superpower, it really is because in our own flesh, it's hard to ask forgiveness, but God, God tells us to that. I mean, you think about Jesus, forgive them. They know not what they do. You know, father, forgive them. I think about that all the time. And so I think, you know, forgive me. I know not what I do. Forgive me. I'm so, you know, caught up in my own ideas of how I want this to be that I'm way overreacted. Forgive me. I know not what I do. And how often do we do it? I mean, as, as many times as we mess up, it becomes a way of life. I mean, G- Peter asked Jesus, Jesus, how many times, uh, you know, do we forgive someone? Do we do it seven times? And Jesus said, no, basically, you know, 70 times seven. And so doing it often and, and doing it with true humility, when that becomes a way of life, then you will uh, see, especially with your kids and with your spouse, you will see those kids and that spouse You'll see you build trust in relationships. You'll see um, uh, just a greater receptivity to... uh, Now, again, it's not like it gives us a free pass, but combined with the other things, this is one driver that, um, you know, we're all going to mess up. We all have issues. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so we're all going to mess up. And so those are the times that we can go and ask forgiveness. Yeah. And I do think that forgiveness is something that when you practice, you get a lot better at it. And that goes, goes back to you. You were talking about humility. And so sometimes our pride prevents us from asking for forgiveness. But if you push through that, push past that and get in the habit of asking for forgiveness, I mean, ask it for the small things. I'm sorry I was late or I'm sorry... We're ha- we, you don't like what we're having for dinner tonight. We're still going to have it. And the reality of it is, so let's, let's go back to how do you ask forgiveness? You go and you say, I'm sorry that I did that. Would you please forgive me? It, it's not, I'm sorry. And if you wouldn't have done this and blah, blah, blah. So it really is simply, I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? However, what happens then, because you are breaking down walls Many times, and it, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes a person said, yeah, you're right. You, you messed up, you know, and you're like, I didn't want that. I didn't want to hear that. I really wanted to hear you were sorry too. You know, you wanted to, but you, you don't go into it with those expectations. But many times as you become a person who seeks forgiveness, then it does open up the hearts of your, the people to be able to, 
oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry too. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, I kind of provoked that in you because I did this and I was just mad because I made a B on a test at school and I wanted to make an A right. and, you know, and then you, <laughs> then all of a sudden, so often it gets into your start hearing their hearts because you've created a safe place through forgiveness for them to talk. You're like, wow, I didn't realize you were so upset about that B. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I knew I just aced that test and, you know, teacher right. put a couple of questions on there. Oh gosh, you know, man, can I help you study for, you know, it just becomes right. this connection point. And so often forgiveness does that when, but, and, and God knows this. That's why he talks so much about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And he said, remember he says in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, if you're there at the altar and you remember somebody has, you remember somebody has something against you, go and be reconciled to the person, then come back and offer your gift. In other words, just don't worry about the giving, worry mm -hmm. about the reconciliation. Super important. He just brings so mm -hmm. many scriptures to light that say what the, that how important forgiveness is. And if it's important in our lives, how important is it in our family? And I just think that that goes even back to we get to be the example in this for our kids. We get to teach this to our children. And so if you were raised in a family that maybe your parents never said, will you forgive me? Maybe they thought that that was wimpy or they were, you know, you as a child, you didn't deserve to be, you know, and it's, you can reconcile that. You can redeem that knowing that you are, it is a gateway to their heart. It is a connection. You will have a better relationship with your children than you did with have, than you had with your parents because you're willing to humbly ask for forgiveness. So be that example and show them how to do that so that when they go into their marriages and they go into their work scenes and they raise their own children, then they've got that tool in their tool belt of forgiveness when they mess up because we're going to mess up. Well, and what do you say to the parent who thinks that even with their kids, it makes them it makes the the kids aren't going to respect them because they are asking forgiveness. They're not exercising their authority as a parent. Yeah. And so I love that um, argument because um, what I say back to that is, well, that's what the world says. And um, that's not what the kingdom says and kingdom is upside down thinking. And so God's ways are different than our ways. And so for us to think that that is the best way is really just agreeing with what the world says. And so then I say, and if you don't believe us or agree with us, then go ask for forgiveness and see, right. See the kingdom change, see the heart change in your child, see them look at you like they've never looked at you before because in their mind they had built this prideful, arrogant, unapproachable parent that they cannot connect to. And you go in and you apologize and you ask for forgiveness for something, anything, you, you will see a shift in their countenance towards you. And it is miraculous. Yeah. And our pastor calls that opposite theology that, you know, so often that the ways of the kingdom are different than the ways of the world. And so all we do is we just think, okay, this is how I want to react. This is how my flesh says I, how I should react. What does God say? And so often God's going to say the opposite. He's going to say, instead of asserting yourself and defending yourself, humble yourself and become obedient to the point of death. And, and what's, what's wild about that, that um, in Philippians 2, I, I just love that passage of Scripture because, uh, but in Philippians 2, he says that in all your relationships, in and again, which are the most important? It's going to be the family. He says, in all your relationships, um, I was almost there. Just a second. I don't have it memorized, but I was almost <laughs> there. I've almost got it memorized. He says, 
uh, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God. So just like Jesus is God, you're the head of the family. So you have a position. And yet he, he wants to bring that to light. He says, especially if you have a position, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, now you have a position as the head of your house. Don't use that to your own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. You might equate that to, and being found in appearance as a child, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do if, if Jesus can do that <laughs> and he can be going down from God and become a man? What about your leap from being a parent to being a person of the kingdom that asks right. forgiveness? Wouldn't that be, that's where God wants you to do. And, and the only reason we tell you this is because it is super powerful. And like Suzanne says, it will absolutely change your relationships. And so what's really cool is now that you've listened to this podcast and you've been given this information, you, I'm pretty sure God will probably give you an opportunity to ask your children for forgiveness. Yeah. And so there, there will be a time. And so I just, we just have a couple questions we want to ask you so that you can think about that. So is for asking forgiveness a practice that often happens in your family? Pay attention to that. And how many times a day could you ask your child for their forgiveness? Because remember, I bet you can think back to, oh, I could ask forgiveness for this, this, and this. But believe me, God's going to give you an opportunity. Oh, and I think the opportunity is is to think through and say, what if I, what's, what is one thing I need to go ask forgiveness for with some member of my family? Yes. I, I can't. I, I, daily, I have to ask myself that question because daily I am messing something up. And so there's always, and usually it's that this person sitting across from me, you know, I have to go, Hey, I'm sorry that I didn't think of you with this, you know, whatever it is, or I'm sorry that I was, was sharp with you or whatever it is. And, um, and so what is that? What is the way you could practice it right now? You may be like to just swallowing a lump in your throat thinking, Oh my goodness, there's no way I can go ask my four-year-old to forgive me or my husband. You know, you may say, oh, I can't ask my husband because then he's going to just yell at me and give me a lecture. That's where your identity with Jesus comes in. Right. Who's, your, who's, your, who's your real daddy? Mm-hmm. You know, who's your real daddy and who do you, who do you really trust with your love? And, and that's what forgiveness does. When we ask forgiveness, we know that we are loved by our Father and that we get our identity from Him and not from anybody. We, it, the identity from other people is just second nature to the identity that comes from God. Yeah, and so our last point is sometimes we might think our kids don't deserve our forgiveness. You know, it goes back to the people that raised us, that, they, that, that, that our wrath is the consequences of their actions. I feel like that's how we were raised. That's the generation that we were raised in. And so we just want you to, you know, um, think through that and remember that one of the last things that Jesus said, and I've already said it to, already to, today, when he was crucified, his father forgive them. They know not what they are doing. So Luke 23, 34. And so just remember that as you're thinking, nope, I'm, I'm, I don't need to ask my kids forgiveness. They don't need to be on that kind of plane with me. We don't need to be on equal terms when it comes to forgiveness and my authority over them. I just want to push back a little bit on that thought process. And I just want to encourage you to think about Jesus, the savior of the world, God incarnate sent to earth to bridge the gap between mankind and his holiness. He hung on the cross saying, forgive them. 
how much more have we been empowered and equipped to forgive our children? And what is it that Jesus, what is it that God did through Jesus to connect us to God through that forgiveness? And how much more can we have that kind of relationship with our children? So much better. So final thoughts. Think before you act, ask forgiveness. Two very powerful discipline drivers in your parenting tool belt that are going to help you a lot. So as always, parents, go be crazy in your thinking before you're acting, being crazy (laughs) and asking forgiveness. Watch the impact in your home. Go be crazy. Crazycoolfamily.com.